Old stomping grounds. <laughs> Hank Patterson, fly fishing guide. Riley Smith, tight end. Yeah, I appreciate that. Hey, you wouldn't happen to be the kicker. No, tight end. Again, thank you. I'm looking for a kicker for Lithia Ford's fall kickoff sale. But you're not the kicker. No. Yeah. Now nah, the kicker's probably taller and in a lot better shape. So, okay. What uh, position do you play? Tight end. Squats. Yeah. Try it sometime. RowPaint.com, the official paint and coatings company of Boise State Athletics, is going all-in this season with an all-star lineup. First up, he led the Broncos to three conference championships and ten 20-win seasons. It's Coach Leon Rice. Next, he's the founder and CEO of RowPaint.com. He played a little basketball in high school on the driveway with his mom. It's Andy Rowe. Want to just paint my house? Now that I can do. When I want Boise State to win, I trust Coach Rice to lead the Broncos to victory. And when I want the best painting and garage floor coating, I trust RowPaint.com to get that job done right. is Bronco Nation News Live. The best interviews, the most informed opinions, the latest breaking news, all from the top Boise State insiders. Today's broadcast is coming from the Cutwater Spirits Can Cocktail Studios. Check out one of their more than 30 flavors of pre-mixed premium cocktails at your local gas station or grocery store. Cutwater Can Cocktails is perfect for your next game day tailgate party. Now, here's four-time NSMA Idaho Sports Writer of the Year, B.J. Rains, with another edition of Bronco Nation News Live. Hey, how we doing, Boise State fans? Welcome on into a Tuesday edition of Bronco Nation News Live here at BroncoNationNews.com. Jay Tuss, Sports Director at KTVB, going to be with us here shortly as we uh, get you set on a game day for Boise State and UNLV tonight. 
a big one down at the X for Boise State. And uh, surprisingly, some tickets still available. I saw Derek Morales saying this uh, massive game tonight, hoping fans don't overlook it, hearing rumors there were only 8,000 tickets sold as of yesterday. I don't know the number, but if you just go online, you can look in the upper deck, and there's there's several rows of seats. So uh, I don't know if it's the cold or the weather or what. I, I think a lot of people, unfortunately, are looking ahead to San Diego State on Saturday. There's a lot less tickets left for that game, but uh, that game won't mean as much if Boise State doesn't find a way to win uh, tonight. And this is a sneaky, tough game. Like, this is a, a, a going to be a very competitive, uh, tough game for Boise State to win. You look at what UNLV has done, uh, beating New Mexico already, nearly beating, uh, you know, Utah State. So this is going to be a, a, a super tough game for Boise State that I think a lot of fans are just kind of looking past the Saturday already. So uh, if you're on the fence about going, I think tonight is a game you need to go, and this needs to be one of those classic uh, games just like Colorado State was with the, the crowd bringing it and the energy, and it's going to be a, a big game for Boise State. If you want to win the Mountain West, you want to get to the NCAA tournament, these are the kind of games you have to win. Sure, you have to win the games against the San Diego States and Nevadas and Utah States of the world, but you also have to find a way to win the, the quad three games at home where it's a sneaky, tough team coming in feeling like they have a chance to upset you, and you have to find a way to, to get it done. So this game is equally as important. You could even say maybe more important than Saturday's game in terms of not having a, quote, bad loss on the resume, even though I don't think uh, UNLV would be a bad loss, especially when it's all said and done. They're moving up towards quad two. They've improved a lot in the metrics, but uh, a very solid team, and we certainly will uh, break that down with our man Jay Tuss, sports director at KTVB, as he uh, joins us now. Uh, Jay, appreciate you jumping on. How's it going, man? It's good, buddy. Man, I agree with everything you just said right there, too. I, I think that this is a really important game for the Boise State men's basketball team. And when you kind of consider your your uh, resume come Selection Sunday, uh, you, you could very well argue that this game is more important for Boise State to get than a Colorado State or a San Diego State just because this is a quad three game. And um, it's not like th these are the games that will keep you out if you drop them or anything like that. But uh, they, they could take, you know, they, they could give a team, uh, you know, the committee a reason to ding you, if you will. So this is a game that, yeah, you're, you're right, man. I, I, I really agree with you. Boise State wants to take care of this game tonight. No doubt about it. Jay, uh, John Mallory and others are asking you to turn your volume up a little bit. So you're uh, your dial at the top there. If you can jack that up a little bit under uh, Mike one or whichever. Uh, man, one. I, I rarely ever get asked to ever. Turn no, keep up it going. Phone. Keep it going there. Oh, you keep it going. Check, check, check. Check. Getting, there we go. It's a little better. All right. Yeah, I I, uh, I think this is a game that... Um, we heard you. We heard... Oh, Johnny's saying more. I don't know if Johnny's... It's cranked all the way, BJ. I don't know how to... Are your, to uh, your, your dial on the top left is cranked up. Yeah, it's all the way to a 10. That's weird. Johnny says I'm at a 10 and you're at a 5. Johnny, maybe I'll turn myself down then. Would that even it out? Maybe he's just like saying in general, though, right? Yeah. Derek says Johnny is trolling. You're fine, Jay. So I guess we can at least hear you a little bit. We can hear fine, Linda says. All right, Johnny. Go get ready for your – go go start your eight-hour day or whatever you got to do for a three-hour show. All right, Johnny? He's going to be at the game tonight. I texted him. He's, he's ready to roll. You know it's a big game when, when John Mallory shows up and he's uh you know he's he's talking you through plays and he you know there there is uh something special about sitting next to Johnny Ballgame for a Boise State basketball game. He, he's telling you what they should do on the possession. He said big possession here, big possession here. You know, he's uh essentially calling the game uh I mean, sitting next to Jay Tuss, hearing him actually call the game might be better, but uh John Mallory there munching on his uh 
peanuts or whatever he has, giving you know, telling stories, talking about the game. I, I, it's a a treasure that I uh, enjoy every time I get a chance to do it. But right, um, see tonight it's supposed I, to be uh, extra that, full. Yeah, I, I'm hoping this is actually the first game this season, BJ, where. Um, I won't, I mean, I'll probably shoot some of it, but won't necessarily shoot the whole thing or call the game. So I actually will get to spend some time on press row for the first time this season, uh, that tonight. Well, good luck, uh, finding a spot on press row because, uh, they're going to be, they told us it was going to be super, uh, super full and they're going to hopefully, um, hopefully, uh, have a spot for everybody. But I know, uh, UNLV is bringing a few media members and they said no moving the cards tonight. So wherever they put us, we were, uh, we, we got to stay. So hopefully, uh, mm-hmm. Hopefully Johnny and I are sitting together, but uh, we'll we'll find out tonight. Oh, but, you want that? Okay, all right. Eight o'clock. Eight o'clock start is the uh, the time tonight. Eight o'clock start. Which, again, I don't know if that's why. Maybe there's some tickets left. I do think when you looked at all the Utah State, Nevadas of the world, this maybe wasn't the the home game you circled that you had to come to. It's eight right. o'clock. I get it. My family's coming, but they might have to leave at halftime because of school tomorrow. I mean, we'll see. Uh, but, um, I mean, it, it's not ideal. It's bitter cold, obviously the snow, I think the next round of snow is not supposed to be till overnight. So that shouldn't mm-hmm. be, uh, shouldn't be an issue, but, uh, I mean, this UNLV team, Jay, I mean, I said it right when you came on, I know you, you heard it. Uh, they've got the Boone brothers. They've got, uh, some talented players, Thomas, one of the top freshmen in the league. And like I said, they've already beaten New Mexico and they should have beaten Utah state. And so, I mean, that's two of the top five teams in the league right there. Um, not going to be an easy game tonight. It won't be. And Boise State, once again, is going to have to be superb defensively, I think, because uh, you're looking at a UNLV team that ranks in the top 50 of the Ken Palm adjusted offensive metric, right? So that means that they're a, they're a pretty darn efficient offense. I was a little surprised. Their tempo um, is, is I mean, it's on the back half of the country. I mean, Boise State plays at a, uh, at a better tempo or a quicker tempo, I guess you could say, offensively than what UNLV does there, BJ. But Boise State defensively, they have been, I mean, that's kind of, been almost like an overlooked thing um within this team is that they've they have been really really good defensively especially against nevada and colorado state holding both of those teams under 60 is quite the accomplishment in my opinion bj and uh i know we want to talk about net rankings and all this stuff but if you do focus on that adjusted defensive ranking for ken palm um, they're all the way inside the top 20 now. And a week ago at this time, they were hovering around 50, right? So they have had a really good week uh, when it comes to not only winning ball games but playing outstanding defense. And that, it's going to take another one of those efforts against UNLV tonight because, uh, again, UNLV can be a little dangerous offensively with their efficiencies. Yeah, we'll have a little bit of an extended show today, Jay. When we're uh, finished with you and let you go, I uh, have an interview that I recorded yesterday with Tim Durier. Uh, that we're going to play and talk a lot of offensive stuff, but we also get into a little bit about the defense as well. But uh, it was some great stuff. I got a chance yesterday to, to catch up with Tim. And so uh, make sure you stay tuned here later in the show. We'll hear from Tim Durier just about uh, the team, where they're at, big picture, the offense. Uh, and uh, as a little teaser, he said, even though it didn't pay off because they missed some shots, he said they did a couple things offensively in that Nevada game, as good as they've done all year, uh, maybe as good as they've done all year. And he'll explain that. And, and uh, there's a lot of optimism for the offensive as, as well uh, moving forward, even though it maybe didn't pay off with made shots. He said that some of the things they did and some of the shots they got, uh, they felt good that those are going to start falling here uh, moving forward. But, uh, you know, the Nevada game was an interesting one, Jay, because they started double teaming Omar Stanley. He saw some defense he really hadn't seen a lot this year, and he struggled a little bit. But some other guys stepped up and, and made some shots. And it's going to, you know, I think it's going to have to be a, a different guy or two every night. Uh, and, and, you know, 
I asked Leon about the depth yesterday. Um, it is what it is. I mean, I think we've reached that point. We've talked about this. We're not surprised, but these big games, he just trusts his starters. He trusts his veterans more than an RJ Keene or, or Jace Whiting or some of these guys. And we're seeing the bench really get shortened. So you need your best players to be on the floor and play their best. And, and uh, I think tonight's going to be another one of those games. That being said, I, I still think they are a little deeper than they were last year. Because if you remember last year, it was – Lucas Milner and Jace Whiting off the bench. And I know Cam Martin's dealing with some injuries right now, but at least they extend to him. So now you have Jace Whiting, Andrew Meadow, and Cam Martin. And I think that if Andrew Meadow was th – this Andrew Meadow was on last year's team, you could argue that he would have been their most effective bench player. So I do still think, that being said, that they are deeper than they have been in, in previous years. Um, but, you know, 22-game home winning streak, longest in the country. I mean, this is one of those games where you, you have to defend your home floor, just take care of business, and then you move on to San Diego State, which, unfortunately, they're not going to have that small number next to their name on Saturday. I know that we'll uh, you know, preview the Aztecs and stuff on Friday, but they barely fell outside the top 25, so that's, that's kind of unfortunate. That being said, when it comes to the rankings, BJ, um, I think you said this on Twitter. I, I believe it, too, that if Boise State were to sweep this week, man, they are going to get into really heavy considerations to crack the top 25, which is historic for Boise State basketball. It just it rarely, if ever, happens. And if they can do that, especially this early in the season, yeah. man, that would be big. I mean, there's a path here for Boise State to be 7-0 and going into the pit. I mean, that there, there's a realistic chance. Is it likely? I don't know. I mean, you have to play San Diego State, but that's at home. You have the game tonight. You're at Fresno, and I, I don't think any road game in this conference is a gimme. Um, so, I mean, you're at Fresno, and then you have Utah State, who's playing really well, but that's at home mm -hmm. as well. So, I mean, there is a realistic path to being 7-0 and and maybe being inside the, the top 20. I mean, if you get in the top 25 next week and then go beat Fresno and Utah State, uh, you may go arrive at the pit with a 17 or 18 in front of your name, uh, you know, when you're seven and zero in league play. So uh, I, I, I personally think tonight's game is just a massive game for, for a lot of reasons. Um, I just, I, I don't think, I just don't think a lot of people realize Jay that the, the how tough this game is going to be. I mean, even Ken uh, yeah. has it as a, a five point game and I know it's UNLV and Boise state's traditionally had some pretty good success with them. I get it. And again, they're eight and seven, their number, whatever it is, their numbers aren't quite as good, but I watched uh, their game against New Mexico. Watched their game against Utah State. Uh, the Boone brothers. I mean, they, they, getting them, el getting the the one brother eligible now has been big for them. Um, I mentioned Thomas. They got some shooters. They got some guys. I mean, this is going to be a game where Boise State needs to come out early in the game, get a lead, not fall behind, give them confidence. I mean, this is uh, as I said, there's. There's a path here in the next couple of weeks for Boise State to really become a national story, and I think that starts with having to win this game tonight. Yeah, UNLV, you look at their record, and they're 8-7 and seven overall, right? They've played a couple of non-qualifier teams, so if like, you look at like the uh, the net rankings, they're only 6-7, and seven, but they do have a massive victory uh, on their resume over Creighton, who at the time was um, – were they top 10 in the country at that time, BJ, top 15? Uh, Colorado State beat them. They were number eight. I'm not sure what they were. Yeah, well, I, I think that there was enough time where, where Creighton kind of worked their way back up in the rankings, and you know, before UNLV beat them. And so they, they are capable, man. And I think that this is another team with the transfer portal and, and things like that. You're going to see teams get better throughout the year. And now that they're fully eligible, they have a true freshman point guard that had five stars attached to his name in the recruitment process, and now he's getting some you know games under his belt. These guys are all going to get better. 
I think it's a good thing that you play them earlier in the season and later in the season, although there is a return trip coming up, uh, you know, later in the season. But, you know, I, this, this oh, is a team that, oh, well, I guess I should say, yeah. Yo, wait, no, they don't go to UNLV. Correct. Yeah. They go down there for the Mountain West tournament, but they won't have yeah. to play at UNLV. So I do think that it is beneficial to get this game out of the way earlier in, in the yes. schedule because I do think they will start to build some momentum, especially if they can come to Boise, Idaho and get one. But um, this isn't a game to overlook just because you have San Diego State coming to Extra Mile Arena on Saturday. And uh, I did want to say real quick, BJ, there were a couple of moments in the Nevada game that stood out to me as just kind of like, you know, winning plays and uh, just a massive moment in that game. You know, you have um, Lucas going to the free throw line. Jared Lucas, who is is seriously one of the best free throw shooters in the country in terms of um he he had made like over 20 straight free throws i can't remember the exact number he's shooting well over 90 percent from the free throw line and he gets an opportunity to go to the free throw line with two free throws to make it a one-point game and he misses the second free throw and it, and it keeps it a two-point game and then max rice goes back down to the other end of the court and hits a really really tough contested layup yep. that made it a four-point game and when you're talking about winning on the road i think that was that was the exchange right there that won Boise State the game. I mean, yes, there were a number of other good plays, but when it came, came down to crunch time, man, that that swing right there where it could have been a one-point game, if Max misses that really tough shot, all of a sudden Nevada's got a chance to go down and, and take the lead. That was just a really, really critical moment in that game. So Max Rice makes a big play on offense. Boise State gets a little lucky with a rare Jared uh, Lucas miss on D, on uh, on a, at the free throw line. Um I'm curious. Do you, do you and Duryea talk about Roddy Anderson much? We do, and what they expect. I'm, I'm from, excited. What they, what they expect from the point guard position. Everyone talks about points and things, but Roddy and his development, and also just kind of what what constitutes a good game for Roddy Anderson. We get into that for sure. Mm -hmm. Well, there was also. I mean, Roddy had his his probably his best game as a Bronco. I mean, um, definitely scoring wise, ties his season high with 12 points, but he did it in a Mountain West game that actually mattered. When he stepped into that that corner three. Um, more from the wing, I guess. But when he stepped into that thing, BJ, it was the first time I felt like he's attempted a shot in rhythm where you couldn't just see the wheels turning inside his head. Should I shoot it? Should I pass it? What should I do? No, yeah. man, he caught it on the wing. He fired. And the moment he let it go, I was like, that's in. And it nothing but the bottom. And so if he can start to play with that confidence, shooting the ball, um, it would be big. There's also another play in that game. It was actually a layup he missed. But man, he was like three point line to the bucket in like a blink. And I, again, I, I know that he missed it, but gosh, I can't help but like look like once he still gets a little more confidence here and figures this thing out. Like, I almost uh, think he tries too hard on some of these layups. He blows by these guys and he has an easy layup and he tries to like finger roll it or, flip yeah, it or do this yep. kind of cool stuff. It's like just lay it or dunk it. Like he, he's missed more of those easy wide open layups this year I'm, than anybody I can remember. But he, but he is getting to the from rim. A glass half full perspective though, yes, from a glass half full perspective, man, he can get to the rim and and like when it happens, it's it's gonna be cool. And we saw a glimpse of it against Nevada, a really big road game and. Um, you know, he's been another part of the of, of a really big defensive effort here, BJ. And, uh, you know, I know that Boise State kind of mixed things up 
Um, Buzo was kind of on Blackshear in that game to where Roddy was guarding uh, Lucas just because, you know, Blackshear 6'6". Can, if you put a 6'2 guy on him, he's probably going to be able to throw over the top and create offensively that way. So they put Buzo on him to maybe kind of limit that eyesight. And um, But Roddy did a great job. And, man, I will tell you, anytime you hold Jared Lucas and Keenan Blackshear to 29 points on 10 of 30 shooting, one of seven from three, yeah. You will absolutely take that to the bank anytime against the Wolf Pack. Yeah, his defense has certainly been really impressive. But I, you mentioned his confidence. Like when he hit that three, he was taunting the crowd and stuff. Like he's got a little bit of a. He's uh, important, man. He's, he's so important. Bit, uh, an edge to him that uh, once he starts yep. hitting a couple shots, he gets that confidence and he was uh, taunting the crowd. There was one cheerleader in particular, a male cheerleader that was getting into it with him and Max Rice at times. And after the game, him and Buzo, even on the court, were kind of going at it a little bit. And they were, uh, there were some students and fans and, uh reno's an interesting thing man they said some stuff that like wasn't funny at all and then they said some stuff that was like super vulgar there was like no middle hmm. it was very uh very odd hearing them you know right behind me in the was sitting there on on press row yeah. hey, uh, one other thing that i noticed in that game and i and, and maybe you this might be one thing you didn't notice but maybe you got to experience and what i mean by that is um on the tv broadcast i don't think i mean leon rice looked like like pure joy after getting that game after getting that win like the smile on his face, walking onto the court, like he just looked so proud and so happy. Yeah. And um, it wasn't like, you know, what year was that? Uh, when they finally broke the losing streak and he jumped up or, you know, he's given the fist pump. And um, do you remember that? I remember one game 12, against UNLV. Yeah, there was one game against UNLV where they uh, – Waved off a shot at the buzzer, and he turned and pumped his. Put yeah, in the air. yeah. It, it it wasn't quite that type of jubilation, but man, I just I couldn't help but notice like the smile on his face, and it just looked like. Well, these, I mean, going out on the road, Mountain West games, they are they are so. Um, it is so difficult to do. Like, it, and I know that the pressure is high and all that stuff, and even like in the waning moments of a win. I don't know if you like actually get to feel the, the joy of it, but watching Leon after the clocks, you know, hit zero, they yeah. walk off with a nice, nice victory over Nevada. He just, he looks so freaking happy, man. Like he just well, looks so overjoyed on our post game show. I tried three times to get him off the interview and he kept saying, he kept saying, well, you know, I said, thanks for joining us coach. He's like, you know, we'll, we'll see you on uh Tuesday for UNLV. He's like, that's what well, I mean. I don't know. You know. Cam Martin played real well too. He just right. wanted to talk. And I said a couple of times, I said, well, two more things. We'll get you out. He's like, oh, you're good. You're good. There's some games he can't wait to take the headset off right. as far away from me and on the plane as he can. But uh, he was excited and wanting to continue talking about it. And even like uh, sometimes they're hurrying me along with the player interviews too because they're all ready to go. And they're like, I get the text, like, take your time with Tyson and all this. And I'm just like, okay, like they're there. They were enjoying it. They weren't in a huge rush to, to hurry back. And yeah, the bench was like, I actually didn't mind the seating. It was uh, different than we've had, but we were on the, the media was on the baseline and I was literally in the corner baseline seat right by the bench. So I was like five feet from Keen and all those guys at the end of the mm -hmm. bench. And I had a, a good angle um, and it was a nice view. And they, I, you could see, hear all the players and stuff uh, and the coaches talking, but when that game ended, man, there were a ton of hugs, a ton of claps. And that was as uh, excited as I've seen them walking off the floor uh, in a while. But again, that's almost what, I don't see worries me, but uh, you have that huge high of a huge road win. You have a huge game against San Diego State on Saturday, and it's like, okay, you got to win this game tonight too. And UNLV's coming in ready to ready to play spoiler here. And somebody said, uh, I don't know where the exact comment is here. They're they're the they're the worst. Uh, where was it here? Uh, low like low win, you know, high risk or whatever in terms of what you get if you actually beat them. You don't you don't mm -hmm. get. Them. 
you don't get much positive for beating them, but if you lose them, uh, you you know you lose to them, you lose a lot of points. And I can't find here, but they said excited that it was only a one-time trip to or one game uh, against uh, UNLV because oh, uh, let's see UNLV. All right, this is terrible. Uh, there it is from BSU Bill. Thank God we only play UNLV once. They're the biggest risk, lowest reward matchup in the league. Like I said, right now it's technically a quad three game. Um, and not many teams are going to win in Vegas. I mean, they don't have the biggest crowd. It's not the biggest atmosphere down there. It's crazy, but uh, they play much UNLV's confidence. They just hit way more shots and play much better at home. And so I think this is a year. I remember when the schedule came out, Jay, I was like, uh, man, I wish they'd go to Vegas and then not go to Laramie. Like I would have much rather mm-hmm. done the Vegas trip than Laramie trip. But now the way it works out, you're like, you know what? Like it's probably not the worst thing in the world. They don't have to go play at UNLV. Like that, that's going to be a tough game. You saw New Mexico already lose there. Utah State should have lost there. Um, and I think UNLV is a, a sneaky, uh, a sneaky tough team. Uh, let's take a quick 90 second time out here, Jay, and we'll keep this discussion going. I also want to look bigger picture at the mountain West, another big game tonight, big game tomorrow. Uh, the net rankings, a lot of the stuff going on. We'll continue this discussion here in 90 seconds on Bronco nation news. All Bronco Nation news broadcasts come from the Cutwater Spirits Canned Cocktail Studios. Check out one of their more than 30 flavors of premix premium cocktails at your local gas station or grocery store. Cutwater Spirits, perfect for your next game day tailgate party. Our title sponsor is RowPaint.com. For all your commercial, industrial, residential painting needs, check out RowPaint.com. Don't forget about their concrete coatings. Transform that ugly concrete slab on your back patio in your garage in just one day. Contact rowpaint.com for a free estimate today. The official paint and coatings company of Boise State Athletics and our title sponsor at Bronco Nation News is rowpaint.com. Idaho Central Credit Union has been helping members achieve financial success for more than 80 years. There's an ICCU branch on almost every corner, but the closest is in your pocket with free e-branch mobile and online banking. See why more than 500,000 members love ICCU and join one in four Idahoans by making the switch today at ICCU. Since 1984, Ridley's Family Markets has prided itself on being a hometown food and drug store that employed value members of the local community. Ridley's Family Markets has 13 locations in the state of Idaho and many more in the surrounding states. Download the new Ridley's app to your smartphone, get savings up to 40% off at the checkout line, and find a location near you at shopridleys.com. Former Bronco Matt Bowsher is once again the number one ranked realtor in the Treasure Valley. No home is too big or too small for Matt and his team. Let them fulfill all your real estate needs at BowsherRealEstate.com. Back here on Bronco Nation News Live, BJ Reigns, Jay Tuss with you. Hey, shout out Bronco Brew Coffee. Check them out, broncobrew.coffee. Roasted to order coffee, supporting Boise State Athletics with every sip. And again, uh, it's roasted to order. It's fresh. And uh, every time you buy a, a bag of the coffee, it puts like 2 or $3 right into the pocket of an Andrew Simpson and Markel Reed, some of the athletes they have uh, for the NIL deals. So support Boise State, support the NIL game with Bronco Brew Coffee. Uh, Jay Tuss rejoins us here. And uh, Jay, we were talking about the uh, AP Top 25 rankings. Um, I was you know, hoping the Mountain West would get a little more respect and not have all those teams drop out. But if you do look at it, you have five teams now getting at least 22 votes. So you have a lot of teams right on the cusp there of getting in. Utah State is the one team that uh, remained in. But I was a little surprised Boise State got 22 votes. Uh, did you have them on your ballot? I did not. I, and you know what? I wouldn't have either. I told a lot of people this. I yeah. think one more week. For me, it would have been one more yeah. week. You, you show up this week, uh, and I, I, I – 
like I said, I, I don't think they're a top 25 team yet. I, I, I would not have had them on my ballot either. And I know this is a Boise State themed show and station and network, and that's fine. But I, I, uh, I did it for seven, eight years. You look at it, and you know, sometimes Leon would get a little like, hey, how, how do you not have us, you know, 25? I said, mm. well, look at who's number 25. And you could just put compare the resumes of number 25, and oftentimes it wasn't close. And so it's a good story. It's they're playing well. I get it. But from the overall metrics resume stand, you know, standpoint, there are 25 better teams right now in terms of the resume, but uh, yeah. some of it is how you're playing too in the field. And like I said, it, it, you know, it was a nice road win, but you're you're three and zero in league. You have won nine out of ten. But uh, for me, uh, I want to see it one more week this week at home. If they win the two games this week, I absolutely have no problem putting them in, and think they probably should be in. And at that point, I think they will be in. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, I, 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 uh, I was a little surprised when I saw Chris Murray had him at 24. I was like, okay, well maybe they're going to get a couple votes. 22 is a little more than I would have expected. Um, but like I said, I, I, I do not think they're top 20. I know fans may rip me for saying this, but I do not think they're top 25 worthy right now. The resume as well as they're playing, the resume just is not quite there yet, but they're very close. And I think two wins this week would change that. Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll kind of explain my take on that because obviously I, I agree with you there, BJ, and I and I have already kind of said to myself, I, you know, I don't want to get too far ahead here because things get crazy with the top twenty-five, man. Like right when you think you got to figure it out and in, in the direction you're going to go, um, you know, something happens and, and the top twenty-five blows up in your face. Uh, this last week was a really difficult time voting in the poll because you had, um. 9 through 11, no, excuse me, 1 through 11, went 9 and 11. The top 11 teams in the country were only 9 and 11 last week. And so there was just, you know, in the middle of the top 25, all had some nice success. But then you, like, run into a team like Duke, right? Like, I'm looking at Arizona. Arizona's lost a few games recently. They lost to an unranked Washington State game team last week. And so, you know, I was going to try to drop – Arizona probably a couple of spots, but I can't drop Arizona past Duke because Arizona beat Duke. And even though Duke has a better record right now than Arizona, I, d- I just couldn't feel like I could do that. On top of that, <clears throat> I can't really ignore the eye test because Duke has kind of struggled um, in, with, with some bad ACC teams so far. Like I know they played on the road in some of these games, but they haven't been great. So you really kind of struggle with this position. So I don't want to get too far ahead of myself. But I already kind of have thought if Boise State wins two games this week, um, they probably do reserve some spot in my top 25. I don't know exactly where, but I think it is enough to crack the top 25. And I, I guess a big reason why I say that is, um, you know, I, 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 man, the head-to-head, I totally get it. Um, Boise State beat Colorado State, but I did have Colorado State right at the back end of my top 25 this week just because, their resume is is better at this, and it, it's sizably better at the moment. It just, you know, it just is what well, it is. I, I I use the net rankings a lot to decide some of these tiebreakers, and Colorado State's in the top twenty five. Boise State's at fifty, and yep. I know that I know that Boise State has a head to head. Colorado State has a better record. They have the better you know uh, headline resume win at the moment. Well, so, you mentioned Creighton. You mentioned Creighton. I mean, Creighton right now in the net is number thirteen. Right. Um, I mean, I mean, and even like, like that's what I mean. You go back to UNLV in the game tonight. Like, UNLV has a better win this year than Boise State does. Like, they've beaten they a better team than Boise State does. And you look at uh, Colorado State, same way. They have a win over number thirteen when it mm-hmm. comes to when it, when it comes to to that. And they've also uh, beaten Colorado, who's a solid team. Washington, they have the win over New Mexico as well. So um, you can. 
uh, you know, I, I have no problem right now with Colorado State being in over uh, being in yeah. over Boise State. But but this week it, it would be enough, I think, because Boise State would be elevated from a quad one win coming up on Saturday. I don't see how they don't move into the top forty by then. And at that point in time, they would have victories over two of the premier programs in the Mountain West Conference. Like that, that would probably be enough for me to decide the head to head there should belong uh, to, to Boise State. And um, that that's probably what it would take for me. And we'll see if they can get it done. But two big games coming up against UNLV and San Diego State that could decide the fate of a rare appearance inside the top 25 for this for this Boise State men's basketball team. As Derek points out, though, Creighton 4-2 and two in the Big East, 0-2 oh against the uh, the Mountain West there. Yeah. So, uh, with the uh, net rankings, though, Jay, uh, you know, the, the Mountain West continues to to get some pretty good love. And you look at uh, what Boise State does have, they're now 3-1 and one in Quadrant 1, 3-3 three and three in Quadrant 2. Uh, I believe the six wins in Quadrants 1 and 2 is tied for, like, the 11th most in the country. I believe the three quadrant ones is like top ten or close to it as well. The, the three quadrant one wins. It's top um, ten. Um, so, as, of, as of a couple of days ago, it was tied for eight. So I, it's got to be right there, man. You you do worry. I mean, some of these like you know, you know, it's it's really hard for a home game to stay quadrant one. Um, so I mean, like even if you beat San Diego State on Saturday, it's technically right. a quad one win right now. But even the Colorado State win, you have to worry a little bit about that staying in the top uh, 30 the entire season just because some of these teams are going to beat up on each other. I think they're going to be right around 30 probably when it's all said and done, and that's just going to be uh-huh. very close. Same probably with San Diego State. So I feel like the the road wins and the neutral court wins, um, you get much more room to buffer because that goes to top 70, you know, top 70 uh you know on the road or 75 whatever it is so i think that there's much more likelihood that a road win like at nevada is going to stay quad one i think the saint mary's win is pretty safe now they're 31st and that's got to be 50 so you feel okay about that one um but the colorado state one you just you just hope that can hang on and same with san diego state and then even like a new mexico when they come to town they're probably going to be right in that 30 35 range so uh it's crazy how if you if they're 30 it's a quad one win they're 31 that's eh, quad two and it's the same team but the way they, they sort this thing that stuff does matter uh but but uh three and one in quadrant one six what did we say it was six and three uh what was it in the first two quadrants i just lost the uh, paper there uh, well, six and four six and four in the first two quadrants and the big thing for me jay when i look at this and i know we're still two months away from selection sunday but no losses outside of quadrant two uh, mm-hmm. last year. Last year, they had a quad four loss for a good chunk of the season that became quad three. I think they had multiple quad three losses the year before that. Um, for me, I think that the wins are important, but avoiding tonight quad three loss is almost nearly as important. When you have that goose egg in the quad three and quad four categories for losses, that means something as well. Yeah, they can just kind of linger, right? They can they can cause you to pause on selection Sunday. BJ, who's the metric um, that does the quadrants, but they break them down to A and B or something like that? Where you know, if you if you have a quad one victory, but it's a top fifteen, it's it's weighted differently to where, yeah, I because I, I, I mean I, I'm right there with you. It just seems so unfair where there could be a scenario where you're looking at San Diego State and Colorado State or Utah State. I mean, some somebody's staying in the top thirty for sure. Yeah. But you could have a scenario where you do have two of those programs that are like. 32 and 34 come selection Sunday and you're you're, you're going to get really dinged for you know potential a lack of quad one victories despite the fact you have a couple of teams that are right freaking there 
I will say this though, do you know, Jay, though, I, I said this on Twitter and yeah, I'm sure you may know the answer to this, but just as a trivia question for the viewers out there, how many, what was Boise state's quad one record last season? And this is going, in, going, going into selection Sunday. You cannot count the uh, Northwestern game. They lost that one. That was quad one. Mm -hmm. technically. But going into selection Sunday, what was Boise state's record in quad one and quad two? Three and five. They were three and five. So okay, as, of right. now, as of now, they already have as many quad one wins as they had all of last season. Right. Uh, at three and five, they were uh, twelve and seven in the first two quadrants with the quadrant three loss, I believe. Um, so they were twelve and seven in the first two. They're six and four right now. Um, so they're going to end up with about the same number of quad one, quad two games. They're going to have more quad one opportunities by by a margin, by a large margin. Um, they're at three right now, Jay. If they can get to like five, even if you're like five and six or whatever in quad, if you can get to five quad one wins. That for for Boise State is probably enough. Like that, and again, just avoid the bad losses. Yeah, so get two more of these big ones, and again, one of them is a home game against San Diego State. We'll wait and see where uh, Nevada and and uh, New Mexico are when they come to Boise. Utah State right now is another one. That's a quad one home game. Mm -hmm. Maybe they trick the computers enough. We'll see. I, I fully we'll talk about this in the last segment here, but I I fully expect uh, New Mexico to win tonight. Um, I, I still am not a hundred percent sold on Utah state, man. I, I know you are, Really, I know you are. I think they're good. I just, I think they, and again, tonight may not show it. You're playing at the pit where San Diego mm -hmm. state just lost by 20. Like I expect. And I think if you're a Boise state fan and like you want to win the league, you probably need New Mexico to win this game. Like you need these yeah. home teams to be winning. Oh, hey, um, dude, that's a great point. If, if Boise state and I, and I was, had a tweet ready to go, man, maybe I jinxed this freaking thing. But last Saturday, I was I was ready to go because you um, San Diego State got blown out. Uh, Utah State was about to lose, and had that gone had that played out like that, Boise State would be in sole possession of first place in the Mountain West Conference standing. So, if Boise State can win the night, and if New Mexico does win the night over Utah State, then Boise State will wake up, or I should say, the heck, they'll go to bed tonight in first place in the Mountain West Conference by themselves. Yeah, and and you you. you map out these you know everyone's playing the only two teams that don't play each other twice is uh nevada and utah state and mm -hmm. nevada has to go to logan but utah state does not have to go back to reno so you yeah. start okay that's a potential loss off the board for utah state uh and you look at some of these other ones like this is one of their uh you know they've already they've already gone to unlv and so i just feel like this is a game that you probably want new mexico to win if you're a mountain west fan but also a fan of uh boise state trying to finish as high in the standings as they can and and uh, win the league, and this is a, yeah. this is for this is for way down the line, Jay. But I was just thinking about this. You know, we're we're weird and look up stats, and we're laying in bed thinking about stuff. And the difference this year between being like the one, two, or three seed in the Mountain West Conference tournament is so different because if you're the three seed, mm -hmm. if you're the three seed, okay, you're playing one of the top six in the first round. If you're the two seed, you're probably playing UNLV on their home floor in the first round. And if you're the one seed, you get to, I think the drop off is like there's like six. Then there's yeah. UNLV, and then for me, it clearly drops off once you get to eight nine. So like getting That's the number one, point. getting the number one seed in this conference tournament to me, yeah. uh, like it, looking at it now with two months still to go and things could change. I think in more years than previous, the number one seed has a massive advantage in the quarterfinal round. Um, maybe you want to play the tougher game. Maybe you'd rather have the quad one game in the first round in case you do lose it. That's fine. But if you're the three seed and, oh, you get to play Utah State in the quarterfinals or, oh, you get to play mm -hmm. Nevada in the quarter or New Mexico in the quarterfinals as the three seed, that's ridiculous. And then, oh, oh, great, we finished second. Oh, well, you get to play UNLV on their home floor. 
Uh, I think the I think the only real advantage this year is the number one seed. If you're two, three, four, five, or six, you're all thrown into that pot there. Even seven, uh, UNLV as well. So I think there's a massive advantage for whoever gets first place. It's a long way to go. I get it, but it is fun to be talking about that stuff. But um, so I think you probably and let me go back to what I said about Utah State. They're a very good, solid team. I just I don't know if they're um, I don't know how I would rank them in terms of my confidence level of teams to win the league. My confidence level of teams to win the league, I would have Boise State ahead of Utah State. Uh, I just think that the proven players on Boise State, the coaching, the, the veteran leadership, the players that have been in these games, mm-hmm. done this before. I mean, Utah State brought back, and maybe it's just me not giving them whatever, but they brought back zero points from last year's team. They've pieced yeah. things together unbelievably. They're having an unbelievable season, but I still just think when it's all said and done, they're going to be fourth, fifth in the league. And maybe I'm wrong. Really? It's a long, I get it. It's a long season. I still think Colorado State finishes higher than them. I still well, think the funny thing is, I, I, I'm kind of sh- I'm almost shocked by that, BJ. But again, I think that fourth or fifth in the league is going to have five losses. And I think that first in the league could have four losses. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be I just, that close. I, I, if we were doing a confidence ranking with like, you know, something on the line and you're putting your confidence in like teams to win it, I would have San mm-hmm. Diego state ahead of them. I would have Boise state ahead of them. And I would at least have for sure have Colorado state ahead of them. So right I now I say, man, I, I was a little disappointed though with San Diego state the other day at the pit. Like, and that's why I'm, I'm kind of a, I'm on the same page as you. I think the San Diego state, or excuse me, that New Mexico beats Utah state tonight because that game is in Albuquerque where the yeah. Lobos just seem to be a different team. Um, so I, I do agree. I, I think that New Mexico wins tonight, but um, I was a little disappointed, man. Uh, San Diego State got up in that game by like 11, and then they were outscored by like there – there was a point in time in that game where they were outscored by like 35 uh, from that moment on because they got down by 20 after leading by 10 or 11. The timing couldn't have been more perfect for me. That literally, as I was like boarding my plane, the game started. So mm-hmm. I got the free, and it was on CBS, big CBS. So the free TV on Southwest Airlines. Yeah. My entire flight back on my uh, connection from Vegas to Boise, watched the entire game. It was perfect. Really enjoyed it. Getting a chance to just uh, lock in and watch that game, and it was uh, it was high level basketball. And like I said, mm-hmm. that game at the pit when Boise State goes down there in a few weeks uh, is going to be quite the uh, quite the game. And uh, if you're Boise State, you just hope you're 7-0, and and then you literally are playing with house money in that game. And, I mean, you're probably yep. playing no matter what because no one's going to expect you to win that. But if you can take care of business the next couple of weeks, that could be a, a massive game. And just to clarify, somebody was asking about it. Yeah, Boise State was 3-5 and five in quad one last year. Only had three quad one wins the entire season. Now, they were 9-2, and two, I think, Jay, in quad two. I think they were 9-2, mm-hmm. and nine and two, I think, in quad two. So they had a great record and a ton of wins in uh in quad two but in terms of quad one they were only three and five so i uh you know if you could get another quad one two three quad one wins and get to five six and then the other thing that would help jay is if you could get some of these quad uh two losses to bump up to quad one and Mm -hmm. a couple a couple of those are are very close you have uh virginia tech at 52 and washington washington state at 53 uh yeah, you got, there's some background. I don't know if you're playing something. I, or not. I'm sorry. Yeah, I was trying. I was trying to look up a a number there, a stat from the game that kind of surprised me about the New Mexico San Diego State game, real quick. Yeah, and uh, that that's where you know, once upon a time, San Diego State killed you on the glass, right? And in that game, New Mexico, who's kind of a guard heavy team, it seems at times, was plus ten against the Lobos, and then Toppin went out and got 
Um, you know, I, I, was, I was trying to look up real quick, finished with 16 rebounds. I believe he had nine offensive rebounds by himself. Yeah. Like uh, that just San Diego State doesn't allow that stuff to happen, at least in the past. And that's where you feel like they have, you know, they, they, they're a little different. Right. And I think Boise State's a little different in a good way. Um, one thing that was overlooked against Nevada or could be overlooked might have been the best rebounding effort of the Leon Rice era. I, I was I was curious. I don't I don't know if he brought that up or talked about that at all in your post game show, BJ. Yeah. But, um, what Boise State did uh, on the glass was nothing short. Uh, like if you could pick out one thing in the entire game that might have been like the the most impressive thing in the entire game, it was probably Boise State's rebounding efforts because they were uh, they were plus double digits overall. They only allowed two offensive rebounds to Nevada, and one of them was off like a weird spin shot by Blackshear that like caromed off the bottom of the backboard and went right back to him. So, yeah. I, I mean, it was they, they shut off the water, if you will, for second chance opportunities for Nevada in that game. Yeah, and uh, I mean, and it's even more impressive when you think of like the Clemson game, and I think even the North Texas game, they gave up like 15 offensive rebounds, and then you go on the road to Nevada and give up two. It was uh, super impressive the turnaround. That if, made. if you look, um, the last what was six, seven, eight games or, or something like that, BJ. Yeah, Boise State is now a, a top twenty-five team when it comes to defensive rebound percentage. That is well, number eight in the country. They're back up to number eight for oh, the well, season. There you go. Okay. Yeah, well, at Ken Palm, they're back up to. Uh, they only give up twenty-three percent of offensive rebounds uh, to the other team. Uh, so they corral seventy-seven percent of defensive rebounds, which mm -hmm. is number eight in the country. Well, there, there you go. And that was something that, you know, we were talking about the first few games of the season when they got off to a little bit of a slow start. Uh, that, an air, I mean, you want to point out one stat of the Leon Rice era that dictates success and failure, and yep. it is their ability to crash the glass. And that's something they weren't great at early in the season, and now they are – uh, elite once again and yeah. it's going to take that type of effort tonight against UNLV UNLV's got some size they got some athleticism so uh, they're going to have to repeat it again but uh, real quick you brought up you know conference rankings confidence uh, all that stuff uh, you want to you want to give Moats a shout out real quick yeah, Moats is the, rebound, Moats is the rebounding coach yeah. so Moats deserves some credit for the rebounding there good job yeah coach. absolutely um and well, actually, let's stick with that for a second. I'm going to put off my thought for one more minute because we want to talk about a program growing and evolving and things like that. Well, uh, what, three, four years ago, there is no David Motes on this staff. Three, four years ago, there's no Lexus Williams on this staff. They have really invested in and in grown what they've been able to do here at Boise State. And you are no Larry seeing Stacey. Yeah, you're, you're no seeing a massive payoff from it. And um, you're seeing a huge payoff from it. And heck, if you don't have all that, BJ, Maybe you don't have Tim Duryea and, and, and uh, Mike Burns because I know some of those guys do some really good work that that set up those guys to, to uh, start their scouting reports and things like that. Like, you know, I know most takes a lot of pride in being very organized and ready to go and handing information up to those guys so that you know, when they need to start their scout, they're not having to go back and and start from ground zero. Right. Like they're they're already kind of an. Um, along in the process so they got a great rhythm and connection right now on that coaching staff I think it's really really special um, I think from the, the top to the bottom you could argue Boise State's got the best coaching staff in the Mountain West right now I think uh, to be able to keep, keep Tim Durier here for six years Mike Burns here for eight years uh, David Motes here for seven years and continue to elevate him yeah. is, is nothing short of phenomenal and then Lexus Williams is I mean He's special to have around your program as well. But getting back to the Mountain West title odds, uh, Bart Torvik right now, 
has Boise State at a 41.8% chance of of winning the Mountain West Conference. And, um, That's you know, first, right? You know, they have yeah, a favorite no, according to Bart Oh, by far. Uh, well, not by far, I guess. Uh, Utah State is right behind them at 39.2, and then there's a drop-off. San Diego State at 22, Colorado State at 15.3, New Mexico at 10.1. But a week ago at this time, BJ, before Boise State played Colorado State, uh, they were they had the, the same title percentage chance as, as Nevada, at nine percent, which is sixth best in the league, and now all of a sudden, after the week they had last week, a road win at Nevada, a home victory over seventeenth ranked Colorado State, and now Boise State has risen to the top forty one point eight percent chance of winning the Mountain West Conference. And you look at where they think Boise State's going to finish in this thing. Um, you know, thirteen wins is the most likely, so that would put them at thirteen and five, and still winning a Mountain West Conference championship would be nuts. But it is after that you have 14 wins as, as the second most likely. Um, 14 more likely than team. 12. Wow. 14 slightly more likely than 12. Correct, BJ. And yeah. if you really want to go uh, in that direction, then you have 15 is uh, is more likely than um, what would it be? 11. 10 or 11. 11. Yes, correct. Yeah, 11. Math so. was never our strong suit. That's why we're that's why we're in the media. Now you're pretty good at math. I can be at times, but um, either way, man, like that's, you know, you that will change at, with every result, every game. But right now with Boise State already having the road win at Nevada, already having the two road wins and then him projecting what he does in terms of uh, the remaining games. Um, that's certainly a nicer spot than, you know, a couple mm-hmm. weeks ago. You'll you'll take it. Uh, Jay, final thing I'll get you out of here. I did, I'm going to play the Tim Dury interview in a minute, but I wanted to get just one take from you on uh, the contract for Stacey Collins and um, – uh, when you when you kind of peel it back, like the the money is actually less than last year because they're paying Spencer Danielson mm-hmm. less than uh, Andy Avalos. Like there is a buyout involved. I get. I don't know if that comes into the yearly budget or how they figure that out. But um, the assistant coaching pool did go up about three hundred fifty thousand dollars. I mean that is notable. But but it is about the same and actually slightly less when you factor in the four hundred fifty thousand dollars less that Danielson is making per Avalos. So maybe it's not. Mm-hmm. Quite as big of a deal as some is making it, but uh, the fact that you now have you know three assistant coaches over the over the three hundred fifty thousand mark, and we knew it was going to take a pretty big commitment to get him, and I, he's still taking a massive pay cut. I can't find his salary anywhere. I don't know if you can find it, but I, I for can't some either. reason it's not on there. But uh, I, from what I've heard, it's safe to say that he might be. I mean, it might be half though. Like something I, mean, I had written when he took the pay cut. Yeah, when he when he took the job there, I had something saying it was believed he was going to at least double his paycheck. He was only making two twenty five. Mm-hmm. Someone had said triple his paycheck, which would put him in the 600, 650 range. Yeah. Either way, he's taken a, a, a six fig, a six figure pay cut to yeah. come back to Boise State. But with that said, for them to be able to give a linebackers and special teams coach three hundred and fifty thousand yeah. dollars, mean, you don't have to go back very far, Jay, to where the coordinators like weren't making three hundred fifty thousand dollars. So it's a huge <laughs> commitment. Back but like three years, yeah. <laughs> He'd have been the highest coach on staff up until like three years ago. Yeah, something like yep. that. But um, but I do think you have to keep in mind that that they're paying Spencer Danielson less. And so I don't somebody had asked it. Mind. I, I, I'm, I'm, I disagree. I don't think you have to keep that in mind, BJ, because I mean, four million like, is four million when it comes to the total budget for coaches. Well, no, well, no what I what I was going to say, though, is I think that it still shows the athletic department is willing to think differently because this hasn't been the case in the past, regardless of what you've paid the head coach. You know that, um, and I should say, hold up here, because they've gone above, you know, what they've they've promised in the past. But I still think that for most of history at Boise State, 
Uh, I don't think they've been willing to go to where they've gone to support their head coach um, with assistant coaches like they have this time around. And uh, yes, they have gone over, um, you know, what they said in the past. Like, you know, if they said that they're going to give Andy Avalos 2.2 million for his assistant coaching staff, they have gone above that. But to, to be inching close to $3 million collectively for, for your assistant salary pool. Um, I just, I think that's a big deal. I don't think you can ignore it. And I think that everyone involved should be commended for it yeah. because um, they said that they're not going to cut corners. They want to chase a college football playoff spot and they're positioning themselves to do so. And I mean, you look at this BJ and what, what they've done now. So um, I thought Kane Ione was great, man. Like I, I People want to have differing opinions. That's fine. I thought he was great, but they lost him and they lost Spencer Danielson as an assistant coach, right? Yep. They replaced those guys with a former defensive coordinator of a Mac school and Stacy Collins, who was arguably, I mean, I'm telling you people like you hear, he is a top five, top three special teams coach in the country. And to, to add that to your staff, man, the assistant coaches. He left a Big Ten, uh, you know, CFP uh, contender on his own to come back. He didn't. Yeah, I mean, I didn't think this need to be clarified, but I saw some people speculating about it on Twitter yes, yesterday. BJ, yeah, this isn't a case where Penn State wanted to lose Stacy Collins. Everybody, like, this is why it took so long for this deal to actually get worked out, where Stacy Collins could come back here at least. What my sources and I'm assuming your sources are, are telling you as well, BJ, um, this is not a, a case where Penn State wanted to lose this guy. And so the fact that he wanted to come back yeah. here is significant and it shows he truly believes, um, I mean, on, on a number of things, not only in the program, not only in Spencer Danielson, but in the city. Like he's, he's a family man. He has a few daughters. Um, I, I know that he want you know he wants to move back here to Boise for a number of reasons. Yeah, but um, this is this is not a case where Penn State wanted to lose this guy. Boise no, State was able to still get him. That's why it took two weeks longer for it to come mm -hmm. out than it was supposed to because Penn State was trying to fight the buyout language. They didn't want to lose him or they, if they were going to lose him, they wanted the money uh, in his buyout. So, uh, Jay, we do need to give a shout-out to Birdo. Somebody brought him up. I guess we mentioned all the coaches, but oh. not with Birdo Bergerson. Uh, he clearly obviously does a lot. I, we, did, we went to uh, interviews yesterday, Jay, uh, with Leon, and I'm walking out and I'm cutting through the court, which I don't know if I'm supposed to or not, but to try to get the shortcut to my car. And there's two players out there, and it's uh, Tyson Degenhardt at one end. Yep. And at the other end, it's uh, Omar Stanley and Birdo is out there working on passes and post entries, uh, you know, with uh, with Omar and Birdo is always out there in his shorts and sweating before the game, passing, yep. playing D. Uh, he's a huge part. And he sits further down the bench because he's, you know, more kind of talking to the players during the mm -hmm. games and some of the coaches and stuff. But he's a very big piece of what they do. Yeah, that that's my bad. I, I'll, I'll own that one because uh, Birdo's one of the best developmental guys in the country. He guy rolls up his sleeves. As you said, BJ, he's sweating just as much as the guys that, you know, he's trying to work out and get shots up at. And it, it's really funny because it's, it's the quiet hours with him, man. It's the quiet hours. You know, you go into the gym, we get there for interviews before film session, before practice, and you just hear a singular ball bouncing on the court. Right. And you hear, you know, the echoes of a couple voices talking to each other and you peek around the corner and it's Roberto Bergerson working with somebody hours before, you know, anything yep. even begins or kicks off. And it sometimes it is a Tyson Dagenhart. Sometimes it's the guy that is going to contribute two years down the line from now that is, is, again, working in the quiet hours behind the scenes. Birdo deserves a ton of credit. Uh, I will own that one for not bringing it up. 
Jay uh, Jay went long today because he knows I have to pay him today. It's payday for Jay Tuss, so he uh, he's like, "Oh, I'll go an extra ten minutes with you. Why not?" So, uh, <laughs> Jay, your your check is uh, y- your money will be arriving shortly. We appreciate you for uh, jumping on today. We will uh, hear from I'm Tim Duryea. Excited for tonight, man. I'm excited for game, tonight. Man. Excited to hear from Tim Duryea here in a second too. Big uh, big game tonight for Boise State. We'll keep the uh, preview going. Tim Duryea, assistant coach for the Broncos, is going to join us next. We appreciate you, Jay. We'll uh, we'll be right back in 90 seconds on Bronco Nation News. Bronco Nation News is sponsored by Tommy Alquist and Ball Ventures Alquist, Idaho's premier commercial real estate development company. BVA projects specialize in office, retail, flex, medical, and industrial spaces located at some of the most strategic and visible locations in the Valley. Need a developer? Looking for new space? Think BVA. At BVA, we are Idaho's developer. The Nicolaisen family and SON management have proudly been operating Taco Bell restaurants in and around the Treasure Valley since 1969. One of the first to make a seven-figure donation to the Lyle Smith Society. They've also stepped up their support of Boise State Athletics with the Taco Bell Men's and Women's Basketball Endowed Scholarships. The Nicolaisen family and SON management have committed at least $310,000 by 2026. Get more information on their financial support at Boise State Athletics and find information on applying to work at Taco Bell at TacoBellWorks.com. Lithia Ford of Boise is a proud supporter of Boise State Athletics and the official car and truck of the Broncos. Lithia Ford of Boise supports Bronco student-athletes through NIL deals, including providing Ford vehicles to Taylor Green and Riley Smith from the football team and Paige Barsh from the volleyball team. Rain's family purchased RF-150 from Lithia Ford. Couldn't be happier with the purchase. Check out the all-electric F-150 Lightning or the electric Mustang Mach-E at Lithia Ford and make sure to check out their full inventory of vehicles at LithiaFordBoise.com. The Blue and Orange Store is the perfect spot to get all your gear for your next Bronco game. The Blue and Orange Store has official Nike apparel, including jerseys, shirts, sweatshirts, jackets, hats, and more. Wear what the Broncos wear and get it at the Blue and Orange Store, the second floor of the Boise Town Square Mall, or get free shipping on a $40 order online at TheBlueAndOrangeStore.com. Two quick things before we get to our Tim Duryea interview. I want to remind you about our weekly giveaways. This week we're giving away this uh, charcoal grill. Pretty nice, sweet, standard grill. Uh, barbecue pit and uh, thanks to our sponsors at cutwater spirits you can win this on friday again promo code bnn 50 deal is the promo code and uh one uh one time fee 50 bucks gets you your first year of exclusive coverage content videos stories articles all uh, daily emails all kinds of stuff from bronco nation news and it also gets you uh, eligible for our subscriber giveaways we'll be giving away some gift cards as well to the james to taco bell uh, i've got a couple cases of uh, cutwaters we've got some beer to give away so we'll do it on friday morning and again bnn 50 deals the promo code so uh, perfect time. You're, you're like Boise State hoops. You like the coverage. You uh, want to help support us for the road trips coming up to Fresno and New Mexico and uh, all the costs that are associated with that. I joke about it, but we do have to pay Jay Tuss to come on. We pay John Mallory. We pay Mike Prater. Um, so if you're able to help support us, we'd love to have you. And as a, as a thank you, we're uh, giving away some stuff every Friday here for the next couple of weeks. And this Friday's giveaway is this uh, charcoal barbecue pit from Cutwater Spirits. Again, $50. BNN 50 deal is the coupon code. You can uh, subscribe today. We would really appreciate it at BroncoNationNews.com. And once you subscribe, you're automatically entered. We go right before the drawing and take the list of subscribers and uh, you, you don't have to do anything special. And obviously our grand prize giveaway is a trip for two on a private jet down to San Diego for the final game of the regular season. And uh, looking forward 
to that. So I uh, want to ride on a private jet, want to go see a basketball game, uh, you know, at the end of the season in San Diego and get a chance to hang out by the beach. It's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, this is the grand prize, which we'll give away in early February. Uh, and so uh, let us know uh, if you want in by uh, signing up. One year subscription, BNN 50 deals, the promo code, and you're automatically entered to win this trip. Also, real quickly, before we get to the Tim Duria interview, I want to remind you, Stadium Swim, Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, Mountain West Tournament, Conference Tournament. You going down to the Conference Tournament? Well, join us. If you want to stay, I have a 15% link if you want to stay at Circa or the D down there on Fremont Street. If you want to stay there uh, for your hotel reservation, you get free access to the, the pool and all the amenities and things. Um, let me know. Send me an email, rains at bronconationnews.com, and I'll give you the 15% link. Also, we're having the pool party, the BNN KTIK pool party, Friday, March 15th. So hopefully Boise State wins the quarterfinal game on Thursday. They won't play Friday till at least 6 and uh, all day we'll be hanging out stadium swim. We're going to have some cabanas. We're going to have food and drinks from two to five. You'll have Prater and Johnny doing their show. Idaho sports talk out there. Um, they're going to get some involvement with some fans and things. Uh, we'll be doing our show out there and we'll be hanging out. There'll be all kinds of conference tournament games on big 10, big 12 sec. So if you've never been to stadium swim, you are just going to be absolutely blown away. It is the largest outdoor sports amphitheater in the world. It's going to be an unbelievable time, and we're really looking forward to having folks join us. And this is free entry if you RSVP to reigns at bronconationnews.com. Email me, reigns at bronconationnews.com, RSVP for who's coming, and we will get you in for free to the Circa Stadium Swim Pool Party on Friday, March 15th from 10 until 5. So we'll have giveaways, prizes, paying subscribers. You're going to be able to get a couple appetizers and maybe a drink or two. Uh, so our paying subscribers, uh, we're going to take care of you as well. But uh, if you're not a subscriber, you're just a fan and just want to come hang out in Vegas and with other fans and meet folks, this is the place to do it. And again, free entry for anybody that wants to come. And this is like a 40 or $50 cover charge that we are getting waived for you to come to Stadium Swim uh, for the for the uh, conference tournament Friday, March 15th in Las Vegas. Again, RSVP to Reigns at bronconationnews.com, and we will uh, take care of you and get you in. Looking forward to that. Going to be an awesome, awesome time in Las Vegas here in about two months for the conference tournament. And every game like tonight just gets us a little bit closer to that and makes us think a little more about what that tournament is going to be like. It's going to be an insane couple of days in Las Vegas. All right, massive game tonight against UNLV. I had a chance to go one-on-one -on -one with Tim Duryea. He's the offensive coordinator, so to speak. So we asked a lot of questions about a lot of different guys, uh, what he thinks of their game right now, where they can get better overall, where is the offense at, and then we finish it up talking about the UNLV game tonight. But uh, for your viewing pleasure here on Bronco Nation News, we appreciate you guys watching today and hanging out on a game day. Here's the uh, assistant coach of the Broncos, the offensive coordinator, Tim Duryea. Our guys' toughness and and just the way they hung together, you, you know, watching the film afterwards, our our togetherness, uh, our resolve was tremendous, and and you know, leader, a lot of leadership on the floor, you know, with Tyson and Max and Buzo and everybody just hung tough, you know, when no matter when things were going well, things weren't going well, we just kind of kept our composure and and uh, stayed pretty consistent for 40 minutes. That was really impressive to see. How do you feel the offense is progressing? You know, I think we're kind of finding our way. We did some things uh, against Reno better than we have really all year long. Now we didn't, you know, we had some possessions where we didn't pay them off in the end with made shots, but you know, I think that's going to come. Um, we, we did a really good, we, we, we talk about playing behind our plays. We run a lot of quick hitting sets. 
that try to get a, you know, a, a bucket stealer, we call them bucket stealers or, you know, a quick shot. And if we don't get anything out of those, then we have to continue to play, continue to give the defense actions to guard. I thought we did a really good job of that in that game. We just, you know, we just didn't make some shots that we, we would usually make. And I think that we'll make going forward. What else uh, offensively has stood out to you, I guess, through, through this point in the season? You know, I think uh, I always I get a lot of texts from coaching friends that watch us play, and and sometimes that helps you, you know, because you're always on the inside and and focused on the problems, focused on the negative, focused on how you get better. But a lot of you know, a lot of my friends tell me that hey, you guys play for each other really well. And you kind of forget, you lose sight of that when you have so many things you're trying to correct and add and change. And, and uh, you know, looking back on it, I think we're doing a really good job of that. We are a totally unselfish group. We're learning about each other more offensively. Uh, I think probably the biggest strides in that game was with Roddy, you know, Anderson. Had to take a couple threes at the end of the shot clock that we, you know, we, he wouldn't normally take. Mm -hmm. But... I thought his offensive aggressiveness was really good to see. What, what do you want to see from him? I mean, everyone looks at the points, and I know it's not necessarily what you want from him, but in terms of uh, when he's out there being a benefit to you guys, what's he doing? Yeah, you know, good good point guards are really good early in the shot clock and really good late in the shot clock. And that's especially on the offensive end, something that, that he needs to do. And as long as he's creating shots for other people, you know, he's running the team, um, you know, and then opportunistically scoring, um, that's what we need from him. And then we, we need, you know, probably more from him on the defensive end than we need. And, and you look at the last two games, he's had to guard Isaiah Stevens and Jared Lucas, two guys that are totally different players, but keys to their team. And he did a phenomenal job in both games. It could just be me seeing things, but it looks like you guys are posting up a little more, even with Buzo some and uh, some of the Barkley dribble and then guys posting up. I mean, is that just... The way it's working, is that just game to game? Have you guys, is that something you changed in the offense this year? Yeah, that's that's more of our identity, um, you know, with, with Omar, with Tyson, with Cam, you know, on the floor. And a lot of times two of those three are out there together uh, in some form or combination. Um, you know, that we, we try to play inside out and play through the paint. And then when Max and Buzo have an, have an uh, uh, assignment that's, or a matchup that benefits them, we try to take advantage of that too, because that's something you know that they can do and you know the more things your players can do the more things you can do with them mm -hmm. and you know if, if you got guys that are good post-up players no matter what position they play I think it's to your benefit to post them with uh, Omar I mean did you know this kind of post game was was there I mean I know you guys scouted him you did your homework but he wasn't really used this way at St. John's so what, how impressive has his offensive game been you know he's made a lot of strides and I think the game is making more sense to him uh, I think the game is slowing down for him, and he is being used in a totally different way than he was last year. And he was used in a lot of different ways, but really none of the ways are the ways that we're using him. And, um, you know, the comp we always use with him is Bam Adebayo. Mm -hmm. When he was at Kentucky and now when he's with the Heat, you know, he's a guy that can make a three, he can make a face-up jumper, he can put it on the floor, he can make other uh, plays for other people. And I think that's what Omar is kind of figuring out as we go. You know, he's learning how to use the system to his benefit. And before, 
he was just learning the system and, yeah. and not really playing on on instinct. And I think he's made a lot of strides in that regard and figuring out, okay, this is good for me. This is how I can use this to my benefit. And, you know, we're seeing a lot of growth from him. Right, speaking of growth, I mean, Buzo's offensive game obviously has gone to another level this year and becoming a, a three-level scorer. Uh, what, what, what have you seen from him? And, and in terms of his potential, I mean, he just seems like a guy that, that you know, looks like an NBA player to me. I mean, just what, what, what is the sky for Buzo now with his offensive game? You know, the sky's the limit, and obviously he is being a guy that you have to becoming a guy you have to guard from the front of the rim to the three-point line. And, um, you know, there's a transition a lot of guys have to make. Buzo's always been a shooter, and he's making that transition from being a shooter to being a player. And, uh, you know, he's still got some areas to improve in, but if you look at the last calendar year, where he's come from and where he is now, it's amazing. And, he, and nobody outworks Buzo. He works on his game constantly. Um, you know, he's a gym rat, and a lot, most of the time that pays off for guys. But I think similar to Omar, when he came here, the, the game in a lot of ways didn't make sense for him in terms of a system that he could use to his advantage. And I think now he's really comfortable in what we do for him and, and what he does within the system. And now he's he's you know using that to blossom similar to what Omar's doing. Well, with Max, I mean, it's, the secret's kind of out. Teams obviously know that he's a heck of a shooter and they're not giving him a lot of open looks. And I know he's tried to work with Lexus and stuff and finding some other ways, the floaters and getting to the lane and stuff. But, but uh, had the game, you know, I don't know if they called it the game winner or not, but that, that game that shot the other night. To, Huge to, shot. Yeah, but uh, just in general, how, how do you see Max? He's had some great games, some games where he's not getting a lot of shots. and. As you know, I mean, he's the easy one for fans to look at and criticize because who his dad is. But I mean, how, sure. well, where, where, where's Max at for you right now? Yeah, Max handles all that stuff really well. He's an even keel guy. And the thing that you know Max is going to do every night is he's going to compete. He, he is going to fight and claw and scratch on both ends of the floor. You know, he's going to make plays for other people. He's the best post feeder we have on our team. He does a lot of things to make those big guys better. Um, yeah, you know, people aren't going to give him easy catch and shoot looks. They're just not. And so he's... He's learning how to use our post guys and play off of them. He did a good job of that the other night. Again, you know, we didn't pay him off with made shots, but that's going to come. And, you know, he's – we're kind of figuring out with Max, maybe he's a little bit better in terms of where you don't run a lot of stuff for him and he kind of plays off other people and finds his way uh, a little bit more that way. He's been really effective doing that. And then, you know, like you said, basically the game winner at Nevada – when he drove in there and, and turned and spun and got high off the glass. And that was a huge basket. And that's, you know, you can go to him in those situations and he's going to make a, a good, tough, solid play for you. And, you know, when he gets on the line, he's almost automatic. And the last player I wanted to ask you about was Cam. And obviously we've heard about his shoulder and he's battling, trying to do what he can. How do you guys try to find ways for, for him to still contribute? And we see kind of the hitch in his shot now. And I mean, obviously he has to be somewhat of a threat or no one's just going to guard him out there. But how do you find ways to use Cam? And what do you make of him trying to get through this here? Cam's an easy guy to coach offensively because his instincts and his feel are, for the game are off the charts. And... Uh, you know, we like to get the ball in Cam's hands a lot at that high post area because I think guys are learning that, hey, if I throw it to Cam there and I'm a good cutter, uh, I'm a good screener, he's going to find, you know, he's going to find baskets for other players. And then he's, he does a good job putting the ball on the floor when people come out on him. And Cam's really comfortable in our, you know, in our system. Physically, he just, you know, he battles it every day. And that's, that's where it is. And 
That's probably not going to change till the end of the year, but he's he's doing a great job. You've been on both sides of it. A big win, last second win, last second loss. You your career as a coach. That that game for UNLV the other day with the five point play. Uh, just what 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 do you expect to get from that group coming in uh, coming here to Boise now? You know, I think when something like that happens to you, especially early in the conference season, you know what I expect, what we expect from them is to come in here um, the most determined that they can possibly be. You know, that's a that can be a season changer if you let it, or you can turn around and bow your neck and say, "Hey, we're going to go and we're going to fight and claw and scratch and and compete harder than we have, and we're going to go win a game that maybe a lot of people think we can't win." And I think that's the approach that that Kevin and his staff will have with their team. I mean, they were up double digits at one point. They obviously beat New Mexico at their place. Uh, you know, I think a lot of fans and whatever are already looking at Saturday's game. But how, how tough is this game going to be against UNLV tomorrow? UNLV is a talented offensive group, you know, and they can beat you at, at five spots, really. They, they do a great job shooting the three in transition. And then obviously, you know, with the Boone kid down low, he gives them, you know, if not the best low post scoring threat in the league, one of them. And, um, you know, they can, they can cause you a lot of problems. Dedon Thomas is phenomenal at the point and scores it, makes his teammates better. They, when they get it going, they can play and score on anybody. I mean, they've had phenomenal wins. You look at the Creighton game, and they just dominated that game from start to finish. You don't do that unless you're talented, athletic, you know, uh, really good on the defensive end, explosive on the offensive end. So, yeah, we got a tough game coming tomorrow. And I guess final thing, Tim, just the, the you look at the season as a whole. You guys play, you, you challenge yourself, played the tough non-conference, maybe had a loss or two more than you would have liked, but you look at how where you are now, and the metrics are starting to come back up, and you're undefeated in conference play. I mean, how do you just big picture look at where you guys are at right now? You know, no looking back for us. We, we did what we wanted to do in the preseason in terms of how we tested ourselves and knew it was going to be a hard road. You want to scratch out as many of those as you can. But I think we're seeing the, the we're reaping the benefits of that now with the toughness our team has kind of acquired, the hard shell that we play with in any environment. Um, you know, I think that's why you do that early and test yourself. And, uh, you know, I it feels like we're on an upward tra trajectory right now. And, you know, that's where you want to be in January and February. You want to keep seeing things that you haven't seen earlier in the year from your team. And we're doing that. Upward trajectory. You heard it right there from Tim Durie. It feels like uh, Broncos are going in the right direction, and certainly it feels that way. So going to be a, a fun game tonight. Appreciate you all you guys for uh, checking us out again. Make sure you're in the drawing. Make sure you're a yearly subscriber. BNN 50 deal gets you in for a full year. This week we're giving away this uh, barbecue pit. Also giving away some cut waters. We got some beer. We got some gift cards to Taco Bell. Uh, a lot of great uh, items will be given away on Friday morning. Uh, but uh, the grand prize, of course, coming up in a couple of weeks. Speaking of Saturday's game against San Diego State, you can go uh, to the return trip to San Diego and on a private jet and watch the game. So you got to be a yearly subscriber to do that. And we appreciate our sponsors at Ridley's Family Markets, Bowser Real Estate, the Blue and Orange Store, and Cutwater Spirits for making this trip possible. So jump on in. We'd love to have you. Again, the promo code is BNN50DEAL, uh, one-year subscription at BroncoNationNews.com. That helps with our uh, travel costs. It helps with uh, all kinds of things. We pay our, our intern, Jaden Finch. We pay all of our uh, part-time help, and obviously it costs money to uh, run these live broadcasts with the program we use and things like that. So uh, all this stuff costs money, and certainly going on the road to Fresno, 
New Mexico or no easy uh, cheap trips coming up here in the next two weeks too. So appreciate you guys for checking us out. Tell your friends if you can. Hit that subscribe button there at the bottom of the screen if you're watching on YouTube, if you're on Facebook or Twitter. Uh, we hope you uh, also switch over to YouTube. But all the social media channels, whether it be YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, TikTok, we're on all of them. So hopefully you will uh, follow us on all the various platforms. Hopefully you'll go become a paying subscriber. And uh, hopefully you'll be watching tonight, 7 o'clock. Remember, it's a little bit of a later start tonight, 8 p.m. tip-off on CBS Sports Network. We'll be live at 7 o'clock. Dan Dickow, the color analyst, is going to join me. Abe Jackson is going to join me live as well. So we'll be live around 7 o'clock tonight uh, on the uh, social media platforms of Bronco Nation News, getting you set with the Lithia Ford of Boise pregame show. And then uh, after the game, you get home, get the kids to bed, grab a cut water, and about 10.30, we'll be live with the Lithia Ford of Boise postgame show as we uh, break down the game, what it means, big picture in the standings, uh, have some highlights for you and we'll obviously hear from coach leon rice and some players as well so full day of coverage come into bronconationnews.com you can go read my preview of course got to be a subscriber to do that but my uh, my story about unlv and how this is kind of a sneaky game you can read that at bronconationnews.com right now so appreciate you guys uh, have a good rest of the day i know it's bitter cold out there so try to stay warm we'll see you tonight extra mile arena seven o'clock with the pregame show there's still some tickets available so go scoop those up and uh, come say hello courtside we'll talk to you tonight bronconationnews live bronconationnews.com